Peace be to you, brothers and sisters. Today is Resurrection Sunday. I'd like to uh, share with you an Easter message to spiritual Lee Blind Man's Resurrection. And that scripture can be found in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35. What does this scripture, uh, passage talks about? I'd like to use today's words or today's the colloquial terms to, to share it with you. Just one afternoon, Two spiritually blind disciples They were very sad and disappointed and they were walking towards Emmaus And the whole journey would take about two or three hours So on the road to Emmaus They were discussing among themselves what had happened in Jerusalem recently Suddenly the resurrected Jesus approached them And he walked with them because these two spiritually blind uh, disciples had their eyes closed. They, had, they did not recognize uh, the Lord. And Jesus asked them, What are you two talking about? And sadly, and the, the one of them expressed with sadness, Have you not known? The one that we hope would, would lead us to overthrow the Roman Empire and to re-establish our nation of, of Israel. He's dead. He's gone. Because he got crucified on the cross. You know, this Jesus, when he, speak, when he, when he spoke, he, it was with power. He was our hope. But right now, we lost everything. And Jesus rebuked them. And your, your faith is so, so, so shallow, so small. Isn't it that Jesus needs to suffer first to die and go through the whole process of resurrection? And then Jesus held a Bible study with them. And he discussed with them everything related about him in the Bible. And after these two, three hours of Bible study, their, they, their, their heart had the fire lit in them. Suddenly their eyes were, were cleared And they recognized Jesus for who he is suddenly Jesus disappeared among them And they went back to Jerusalem And they reported to the disciples in Jerusalem We have, we have met the resurrected Christ This is what this whole passage was talking about The Author of the book of Luke is the Dr. Luke. Luke was a very intelligent person. He used this story. That, that he was sharing to us the story of these two spiritually blind men because of the resurrection power of Jesus. 
they had that power. It seems like these two persons also were resurrected with Christ. Not only was Christ resurrected, but these two who were spiritually blind were resurrected with him. Look at Luke chapter 24, verse 33. They rose the same hour. This is the, the version according to uh, the ESV version of the Bible. This rose had two meanings. The first is to rise up. And we can say this is resurrection. These two people truly were resurrected. Today's Resurrection Sunday. Let's discuss how this resurrection power of Christ works in our life. There are seven uh, points here in this chapter 24 of Luke. I'll, like, I'll show you this slide. Probably you'll find it harder to read because the, te- the font is uh, a bit small. Because I want you to see the whole picture. There are seven points here. The disciples' journey to Emmaus. The disciples' eyes were blinded. Their, the disciples' hearts were dull. The gospel of Christ's resurrection. The, the disciples' hearts burned within them. The disciples' eyes were opened. The disciples' journey to Jerusalem. We can see that these are parallels. They are comparis- comparison with each other. This next slide will show you an even more clear picture. Chapter 24, verse 13 uh, will, will have its mirror image in uh, 2433. Uh, verse 13 talks about their journey towards Emmaus, while 33 talks about their journey to Jerusalem. At the same time, we can compare chap- uh, verse 16 with verse 31. Verse 16 talks about the disciples' eyes being blinded, while uh, verse 31 talks about their eyes being opened. At the same way, verses 25 and 32 are comparison. Chapter 24, verse 25 talks about the disciples' heart being dull, and verse 32 talks about their hearts burning within them. Well, the the two verses in between, verses 26 and 27, it talks about the gospel of Christ's resurrection. And this gospel of Christ's resurrection totally transformed these two disciples. Today, I'd like to uh, share with you two things. The gospel of Christ's resurrection and the transformation that comes after it. Number one. Number one. Let's talk about the gospel of Christ's resurrection. Look at verse 26. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things then enter his glory? In the heart of the disciples, 
Christ is a victorious king. Not only did he uh, will he defeat the Roman Empire? For them, he will reestablish the throne of David. But when Christ was crucified there on the cross, not only did Christ die, all their dreams, all the dreams of the disciples were, were broken. That's why these two disciples decided to leave Jerusalem because they were very sad there, they were depressed. So Jesus spoke with them. Jesus needs to suffer all these things. Then enter his glory. What does Jesus trying to say? This, this is the true heart of the gospel. Talks about God's justice. We often talk about God's kindness, God's love. If, if it were not for God's love, none of us will be saved. But remember, God's love is established upon God's righteousness and justice. Without God's righteousness, that kind of love will be a false kind of love. But justice and love, it seems like they're opposites. If you have sinned, then you need to suffer the consequences of your sin. The same on, on the opposite. When we forgive somebody because they have sinned, that's mercy. God is righteous, God is just, and yet He's merciful. Because God is just. That's why he needs to judge us for our sins. Because of God's love, because of his, God, uh, his love and mercy, he needs to forgive us for our sins. So how can we compromise these two things? How can we, uh, we, can, how can we connect these two things? So you can just imagine. In eternity, this triune God were, were meeting. And they're discussing among themselves how can we save these people from their sins. The son will say, said, I'll do it. I'm willing to become flesh or to become a man. I'm 100% human being. I'm willing to bear all the sins of the people of this world. And I'm willing to shed my own blood to cleanse these people for, for their sins. And that will satisfy our requirement of justice. At the same time, we can uh, uh, we can meet the requirement of mercy that we want. I will be the sacrificial lamb, the scapegoat. That is the gospel of Christ. We often say that the gospel is a free gift. Yes, yes it is. That's from the human point of view. Because we freely receive this precious gift. for us, it costs nothing. But from God's point of view, God pays the ultimate cost 
for the whole for all the mankind. 上帝交为了那最死的死别嘅里面 ，because the Son died on the cross for us。所以保罗喺哥林多前书六章二十七。That's why in First Corinthians chapter six, verse twenty, 保罗讲，因为你是登记每礼嘅，所以不在你身故顶面荣耀呢个上帝。You are bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. 那上要上到这个千真万确嘅价格，将咱买到嚟啊。We were bought with a very big price. 所以对咱嚟讲是免费，对上嚟嚟讲唔是免费啊。For us it's free, but for God it wasn't free. 好啦，二十七节。Look at verse twenty-seven. 讲，于是对摩西及经先知开始，凡经上指着家己为龙，何以讲解明白咯 ？And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. 摩西及经上的，其实就是代表古约的圣经啊。When he when he talk about Moses and all the prophets, it means he was talking about the Old Testament. 所以主要所及这个两个门都查过古约的圣经。They studied the Old Testament. 主要所讲古约所有的圣经都是指着瓜公的啊。Everything in the Old Testament points to me. 所以教会 ，Your church. 古约是基督的影。The Old Testament is a shadow of Christ, while the New Testament is a substance of Christ. When we study the Old Testament, yes, we read a lot of stories. We read a lot of stories. But if all you get out of the Old Testament is are the stories, then you will never learn what it truly means. You should draw out the Old Testament. And you need to find the hidden Christ in the Old Testament. You see, I have read every Bible study. You know, every Friday night I have a Bible study for the whole church, and we are starting a new series. The hidden Christ that can be found in the Old Testament. We will start with the Book of Genesis. And we would like to research each book where Christ can be found. Because of time constraints, I would like to use the Book of Genesis to to explain this. Where is the Christ there in the new in the uh, Book of Genesis? The first. The woman's offspring. That is Christ. Because in Genesis three verse fifteen, he said, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. This was a judgment God pronounced on Satan. One day there will come an offspring of of a woman that will crush your head. You will strike his heel. This offspring was referring to Christ. Because Christ was born from the Virgin Mary. She had totally no sexual relationship with any man. So that's why she's the offspring of a woman. He will crush the head of Satan. But Satan will strike his heel. That's why Jesus was wounded. That's why Jesus was wounded on the cross. But he rose again on the third day. So when we talk about the woman's offspring, we are talking about the, the suffering of Christ. The second, the garments of skin. This garments of skin refers to 
Christ. In chapter 3, verse 21, the Lord made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. When Adam and Eve committed sin, they discovered that they were naked and they were ashamed. They used fig leaves as coverings. You know, leaves will fall off and it'll bring more embarrassment. That's why God had to kill a lamb. Of course, the uh, Old Testament didn't specifically say it's a lamb. He said that it just said it used animal skin. But we all believe it was a lamb. And from there, God made garments of skin for them. So they can be clothed. To cover their sinfulness and their shame. Those who sinned was Adam and Eve. Were Adam and Eve. But that one that died was a, was a sheep. Was a and that lamb refers to Christ. And that's that. Uh, that garment was the skin of Christ. That's why God gave His righteousness, a garment of righteousness to us. This represents Christ. Abraham. Look at Abraham. Abraham also represents Christ. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 2, the Lord has said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great. You will be a blessing. Because this was a promise. Of course, this was a promise God had given Abraham. But it can be representative of the command and, or, or the commission given to Christ. Christ had left his own home, his own people, his, uh, with his, uh, his own father to come here to live among us. To live in this sinful world. But he became a blessing to all people. He became the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Who among this nation, um, among the nation, which among this nation of the world is bigger than God's nation? nation. And whose name can be greater than the name of Christ? Abraham. That's why Abraham is representing Christ here. Abraham sacrificing Isaac. This story also can represent. The story of Christ. Verses 22, uh, chapter 22, verse 13. Abraham looked up, and there in the uh, thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over, took the ram, sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Because this, of course, this talks about the story of God uh, commanding Abraham to sacrifice his own son Isaac. But God had prepared a, a lamb, a, a ram rather, to 
instead of Isaac to be sacrificed. Because Abraham revered God, he feared God and obeyed God by not retaining Isaac. So, by, so when he was about to sacrifice, and heaven, the, uh, the command from heaven said, don't do it. Instead, we have prepared something else for him. But 2,000 years after, our, the Son of God, our Savior, Jesus Christ, died there on the cross in Golgotha. God had not prepared any other lamb to, or a ram or any other thing to, to take Jesus' place. Christ truly died for our sins there on the cross. So Abraham, Isaac, so Abraham sacrificing Isaac is a representative of God sacrificing his own son. You know, in the New Testament, there are a lot of stories about Christ. You remember in the Old Testament, there are a lot of things that people that will pertain or refer to or events that will refer to Christ. Just like if you are to look at the story of Joseph, the story of Joseph represents the story of Christ. He was the most beloved in his own family. He was sold off to Egypt as a, as a slave and then he, he was there in prison. But he rose from his status as a prisoner to become the number two person, the prime minister of Egypt. And he became the savior for the land there. Because during that time, the whole world was suffering from famine. And Joseph saved all of them from famine. Because this is a representative of Christ. Jesus is the beloved Son of God. He came to this world to become our servant. He died there on the cross. But he rose again. He became, he became the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Number two. He became number two in the whole world. Because number one is God. So Joseph's life is a representative of God's life. So aside from the uh, book of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and so on and so forth, they talked, a lot of them talked about Jesus. And that day, Jesus used two to three hours to have a Bible study with these two disciples. And he made clear everything that was there in the scripture on the Old Testament, uh, things that referred to himself. And these, these few hours of Bible study transformed the life of these two disciples. This is the gospel of Christ, our resurrection. Thank God. The 
Look they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? Their hearts were dead. Not only is it alive right now, but it's, it's burning within them. You know how you will understand how how much uh, how fiery their hearts were. Look at verse 33. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. You know, for them to get up and return at once to Jerusalem was unreasonable. Because if you are to look at what was written there in the scripture, the time that they decided to return to Jerusalem, it was already night. They have to make the return trip of two to three hours once more. Remember the situation then. Then they have no street lamps. There was no illumination, no light. It was very dark. And the road were not paved. You know how dangerous it was for them to, to walk and to, to journey at night. They are thieves. Of course, a normal reaction, okay, let's rest for a while before we go back. And we wake up oh, early in the morning. We wake up five in the morning. Oh, when there's light, we go back. This is probably the most normal and the most reasonable arrangement that they could make. But we find it strange for these two disciples. They couldn't wait anymore. They wanted to, uh, to take action once more, uh, immediately. Because their hearts were burning within them. You know? You know if the, a person is, has a fiery heart, they will, they will act in a way that's different from other people. 
Paul was a person who had a fiery heart. You know, one time he was beaten by people. He was beaten so bad that he almost died. Even though he was thrown out of the city already, they thought he was dead. But the Bible said, suddenly, he, he rose up from the, from the ground. What did he do? He went back in and preached once more. He was beaten so badly. For him to be able to rise up again, he need to thank God. He probably need to see a doctor. Maybe to have himself medicated. But Paul said no. He went back and preached the gospel. A person with a fiery heart, with a heart burning within them, would make strange actions. In the in the prison in Philippi, he was also beaten so badly. But during midnight, together with Silas, they praised God by singing hymns. These are people. These are people with hearts that are burning within them. Because that resurrection power is in them. We who have believed in the Lord. Do we have our hearts burning ah, us? Or is that fire extinguished already? May the power of God's resurrection, of Christ's resurrection, uh, lift our hearts on fire once more. That once, that's once, once more will be fiery people. Somebody once asked this very interesting question. How can we... Uh, compel people, uh, attract people to listen to the gospel. <laughs> and somebody said something interesting. <laughs> if you set yourself on fire, people will come and see you. <laughs> of course, it doesn't mean literally you set yourself on fire. You have we have that flame burning within you, people will know. This is the first transformation of the resurrection power of Christ. The second, blind eyes turn into enlightened eyes. On their way to Emmaus, these two uh, disciples were spiritually blind. They were even spiritually, uh, physically blind because they could not recognize Christ when he stood before them. Because the Bible said, because they were so sad. Look at chapter 24, verse 17. Jesus said to them, he, and he asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. Their faces were downcast because they were sad in their heart. Their, their hearts were sad because they had no hope. Because they, they were 
they have no hope, they cannot see clearly. So they cannot see spiritual things. That's why I call them spiritually blind disciples. Jesus has already been resurrected. He has this resurrected body. But we don't recognize Jesus physically. But we need to look at look at him from a different angle to recognize this resurrected king. You know the day he was resurrected? Mary saw Jesus. But she she didn't recognize Jesus. She thought he was the gardener. And she even she even addressed her like Rabbi, Rabboni, Rabbi. Where did you put the body of my master? Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabbani, or which means teacher. At the beginning, Mary didn't recognize Jesus. After Jesus spoke to her, Mary, she, he said, Mary, it's like her eyes were open. She suddenly recognized Jesus for who he is. Rabbi. You know what it means? This is called a, a revelation. Jesus revealed himself so that the, the, the disciples can recognize him. Can, uh, please remember. We recognize Jesus not with our physical eyes but with the, with the eyes of our heart. The same way for these two disciples. In the beginning, they did not recognize Christ. But after they had this communion, they suddenly recognized Christ. Look at verses 30 and 31. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. As they were having that communion, as Jesus broke that bread, they suddenly recognized Christ. Probably they saw the wounds on Jesus' hand. Suddenly their eyes were open. Because they had their spiritual eyes open, they recognized Christ. Your church. When the resurrected Christ lives in us, the resurrection power is in us, we can see things that we, we cannot see during the past. Our eyes were, are so distracted and covered by the things of this world that we cannot recognize Christ. We see the gold, the silver, all the precious stones here that we cannot, we fail to see the preciousness of Christ. We fail to recognize what is right and what is wrong. Paul has a very good experience. 
痴迷的时阵，属灵痴迷的时阵。When he was spiritually blind， 伊就以逼迫上帝教会，拿着是侍奉上帝。He persecuted the church， thinking he was serving God and serving the church。直到上帝更照伊的时阵。Until Christ illuminated him。你讲第九章十八节。Look at Acts chapter nine verse eighteen。你讲苏拉目睭真正有灵力。哪怕掉落来，伊就跨掉起来受水了。Immediately something like scales fell off Saul's eyes, and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. 当上帝在光照伊以后 ，When God's light illuminated him， 哇，伊目睭咱就这个灵啊，这个叫落落来啊。There's like eye scales that fell off his eyes. 伊跨掉属灵的代志，跨掉属灵的家的。He started to see the value in spiritual things. 救主帮真人。May the Lord help us. That we can be likewise. As the power of the resurrection of Christ will work in our lives. We will see things that has true value and and really worth something. And the last thing. The power of the resurrection of Christ. Uh, made these two people uh, journey from Emmaus back to Jerusalem. This is called the road of repentance. These two disciples journeyed from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Jerusalem is located in a very high location. It's like they're descending to a lower place. And from that very low place, they made a U-turn and went back up. You know, repentance means to make a U-turn. You know, the whole Bible, if you are to study, talks about the story of repentance. From the time of Adam and Eve, because sin entered this world. That's why everybody, mankind, needs to repent. This Bible is a story of man's repentance. But sad to say, there are people who will repent, and there are people who refuse to repent. You know, when I was studying the Book of Samuel with with, with our with church members. Samuel, first Samuel, second Samuel, this is the book of Samuel. In the original Hebrew text, there is no, there's no first or second Samuel, just book of Samuel. So, the whole 55 chapters is just one book, book of Samuel. You know what this book of Samuel is talking about? It just talks about the story of the rise and fall of Saul and of David. So we see them ascending and then descending, both of them. From chapters 8 to 31 talks about the story of Saul. How talks about his ascent and then his eventual downfall. You know, in chapter eight, Saul appeared. We saw him ascending. He became the king of Israel. But after chapter thirteen. 
We see the downward trend of Saul's life. He offers sacrifice by himself. That's the beginning of his downfall. He refused to kill the king of Amalek and to and he retained all the, the cattles there. And he killed the whole family of priests. And he uh, he consulted with the medium to talk with the dead. That's why we see his failure. And he was killed in the battlefield. So we see the story of the rise and fall of King Saul. David How about King David? David was also like that. So if you look at the whole book of Samuel, it's also the rise and fall of King David. David, David was ascending. When, when did his star rise? First Samuel chapter 17. First Samuel chapter 17 was the time he started ascending. It was the, it was the time that uh, he faced the giant Goliath. With a slingshot and a few stones, he killed Goliath. He became a general for King Saul. And we saw him ascending in his life. And he became king after King Saul. But when did his downfall begin? In 2 Samuel chapter 11. When he committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he killed her husband Uriah. And from that day on, we can see his life starting a downward trend. His life was not good. His family was not good. So the whole book of Samuel just talks about the rise and fall of these two kings. But there's something different here. You saw Saul go up and he went down. How about David? How about David? David, You saw David go up and, and fall. But but we can see the repentance of King David. There's only one difference between David and King Saul. When David fell, he made a U-turn. He made a U-turn. Repentance. He repented. David repented while Saul refused to repent. This is the big difference, the biggest difference between these two kings. These two disciples who were on their way to Emmaus, they also fell. But we thank God. Because the resurrection power is in the lives of these two disciples. They made a U-turn. And from Emmaus, they traveled back to Jerusalem. Because they repented and that power of resurrection lives in their life. Their church. Today's Resurrection Sunday. 2,000 years ago, Christ died on the cross for us. And he rose again on the third day. Jesus is the risen king. Because Christ rose again, these two disciples resurrected with him. 
today. That, uh, I hope that the power of resurrection of Christ lives in, in all of us. That our eyes will turn from being dull to being enlightened. From a, from a dull heart, a, a heart that's, that's a cold to a heart that's fiery. That we will turn back and return to the path that the Lord wants us to take. Make a U-turn. To make a U-turn. May, may the Lord speak to you on this Resurrection Sunday. We thank God. Hear our prayer. Dear God, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this Resurrection power, Lord. We know that we have no power aside from you, Lord. We are... In the midst of our sins, without your resurrection power, Lord, we will never live again. Thank you, Lord, for your great sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that you are not a dead king, but a risen king. Amen. Thank you, Lord, that you died for us. Thank you, Lord, for your sacrifice. And may your resurrection power work within our lives, Lord, that we can see with spiritual eyes that our eyes will be opened. Our hearts will, will be aflamed again, and we will start living for you again, Lord, that we will turn back from our wicked ways and start walking down the path that you want us to, to take, Lord, so that we can glorify you, Amen. that we can reign and rule with you and make you known to all nations, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Resurrection Sunday. Thank you, Lord, for your salvation. Amen. This is our prayer with, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Next week, we will start a new series. We will study the book of Romans. Start by reading Romans chapter 1. Let's look at, uh, next week, we'll look at chapter 1, verses 1 to verse 17. The, the gospel is God's power. Let's meet again next week. God bless. God bless.